Welcome everyone, this is the Bread of Life, and I'm Joel Van Hoogen. I'm the director of the international mission, Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about our work and to inquire how you can help us raise up disciple-making disciples, go to traincpe.org. I'm also the Bible teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. You can learn more about our fellowship by going to breadoflifeboise.org. Today we again go back into our archives about 20 years and continue a study in the lives of the Twelve Apostles. We are continuing our study in the life of the Apostle Thomas, and today we're looking at John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. In this passage, Thomas is found contradicting the Savior, but Jesus is kind and patient in the manner in which he corrects and instructs Thomas, the same way that he is patient with us when we speak out in ignorance and contradict his clear instruction to us. And what I want you to see today is that even as Thomas contradicts Jesus, Thomas reveals an attribute worthy of our aspiration. Thomas, you see, won't pretend to know what he doesn't understand. Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going to a place that you cannot come to. You can follow me later. I'm actually going to my father's house and uh, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go there, I want you to know I'm coming back and I'll receive you so that where I am, there you can be also. And, and then Jesus goes on because they're still confused and they still don't seem to get it. Jesus says this, and you know where I'm going and you know the way. Don't worry. Don't worry, fellas. You know all about this. I've talked to you about this before. You've heard me teach these things. Even though you're concerned at this point in time, you, you trust in me. You, you believe in me. You know that where I'm going. You know the way. And, Thomas, in frustration, uh, maybe the rest are all nodding in agreement. Thomas says, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Thomas contradicts Jesus at this point in time. Maybe you feel that Thomas is speaking out of some darkness and out of his ignorance and that, but uh, whatever the reason, he is confused. And he issues out of this a contradictory statement, and yet the interesting thing is to see how Jesus responds to them. Now, what I want to do this morning is I want to take this contradictory statement where he contradicts Jesus' own words, and I want us to understand why it is that Thomas said this. And, and I want us to get a grasp of his life and why it was that he offered these statements, and I want us to see how Jesus responds. And in all of it, I want us to see something wonderful. I think there's this wonderful flower of truth here that's going to blossom before us, demonstrating to us God's confidence in us, God's assessment of our own intellectual capabilities, you might say. What we have going for us. What the believer has going for him. The first thing we want to do is we want to just notice Thomas's unwillingness to hide his ignorance. What we're doing here is we're noticing something that I think is something we have to learn from Thomas. Thomas is not willing to hide the fact that he doesn't understand. Some have said that Thomas is a skeptic, that he's a person who is constantly stating the dark side of the equation, that he's a person who really is just not one of the intellectual elite. He can't figure things out, but what he can figure out is the glass always looks half empty to Thomas. But what I see in Thomas is a person who is honest with himself and honest with others. He doesn't understand, and so he won't pretend that he does. He is a person who is confused. He won't give a confident nod that somehow he has an understanding. You know how we do it. We listen to people. Sometimes we, don't even, we didn't even hear what a person said 
and we nod our head in agreement. And we can get ourselves in all kinds of trouble doing that. We just don't want people to know that we don't understand things. It happened in school all the time, you know. I always thought the kid around me knew what the teacher was saying, and so, you know, you, you didn't want to raise your hand and tell them that you didn't know the answer or you didn't understand, and as a result, you started falling behind. But Thomas is not like this. He is not ashamed of his intellect, or we should put it this way, he is not ashamed of his apparent lack of intellect. He is someone who knows who he is, and he knows what he understands, and he has some appreciation for the weakness and smallness of his mind. In other words, he has enough appreciation for it, he has enough respect for his lack of understanding that he seeks clarification, he seeks more understanding. He, he knows that he doesn't know everything, he knows that his mind is weak, and so he wants to strengthen it. Lord, I don't understand, I don't know what you're talking about, help me. Now, I think the other thing is this. Thomas, in his honesty, is this. He's honest enough to know that you know, this is probably the situation that everybody else is in as well. And all they might be nodding in assent, he knows that they do not get it. And Thomas is not willing for them to pull the wool, you might say, over the Savior's eyes. If you could do that, which you can't. And so Thomas says, Lord, we don't know and we don't understand. Now, let's just think about this for a second. How many times... Do we misunderstand what God wants to teach us? Do we miss the opportunity to learn because we're too proud to confess our ignorance? How often do we not gain knowledge that others could teach us, that God has placed in our way because we are too proud to demonstrate or to express the fact that we just do not know what's going on? We fail to learn because we pretend to know. But Thomas was not a pretender. He stated very plainly what was in his heart and what his understanding was for all to judge. So Thomas will let his heart out before him, even if he's correct or not. And if we'll look at all the three times which Thomas speaks, we can understand Thomas is not quite right at any point in time. Jesus says when he's going up to heal Lazarus in Judea, where the disciples say, don't go up to Judea, Lord, because there are men up there that want to stone you. They want to put you to death. And Jesus says, don't worry. I'm doing this in the broad light of day. I know what I'm doing. Nothing is going to catch me by surprise, fellas. And not only that, Lazarus is asleep and I'm going to wake him up. Lord, if he's asleep, don't go. He'll get better. No, no. What I mean is Lazarus is dead. But I'm glad he is because your faith is going to be built up by what I'm going to do. That's all that Jesus says. All that Thomas heard at the very beginning of the statement was, Lord, don't go up because people want to kill you there. Thomas missed everything else that Jesus just said. All the wonderful words that Jesus was going to promise them. All of the hope. Guys, I, it's the light of day. Be encouraged. I know what I'm doing. You don't have to worry. Guys, don't worry. I'm going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Thomas says, well, let's just go up and die with him. If that's what he's going to do, let's go up and die with him as well. Well, at least he's speaking what's on his heart. At least he's letting you know where he's at, what he understands. And Jesus says, you know where I'm going and you know the way. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. And the disciples come to Thomas after Jesus has risen from the grave and they tell Thomas that they've seen Jesus and they've eaten with him and they've touched him. And Thomas says, unless I put my hands in the nail prints in his hands and unless I thrust my hand in his side, I will not believe that he's risen from the grave. Thomas is just telling you where he's at. He's just telling you what he understands. He is telling you, look, these are my limitations, fellas. This is how I see it. Well, I kind of like Thomas. 
I like the fact that Thomas is willing to admit his limitations and understanding, his reference point. It's at a place where Thomas can learn, and as a result, Thomas does learn, and God does teach Thomas things. And Thomas's bombast is met by Jesus' clear instruction. And we could afford to learn something for ourselves, that we should not pretend to know, that we should not let our pride mask our ignorance. Instead, we should be ready to state our ignorance before God. Let Him know where we're at, and He'll teach us. The next thing we want to note here is this. We want to note that Thomas underestimates his understanding. Thomas underestimates his understanding. Let's first take a note of what it is that he does know. Jesus already points it out very plainly. Jesus says, Thomas, and to all the other disciples, you know where I'm going. You know I'm going to the Father's house. You know I'm going to heaven. You know that's where I'm departing because that's where I've told you all along. That's where I came from. I'm just returning to where I came from. And Jesus also says, and you also know the way. But then Jesus kind of boils it all down to help them understand exactly where it is he's going and exactly the way to which he goes by saying this. Basically, what he says is this, and, and we don't have time to look at John chapter 14, verse 6. That's not the point of our message this morning, where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. But what Jesus is basically saying to Thomas is, Thomas, if you know me, then you know the heart of heaven. And Thomas, if you know me, you know the way to heaven because I am the heart of heaven, Thomas, and I am the way to heaven. Thomas, you do know. You do know because you know me. But Thomas underestimates what he knows. He underestimates what it is that he's realized. He doesn't recognize these things. And our purpose today is not to study this great answer, but it is to understand what it is that Jesus is trying to say to his disciples. It's a really wonderful statement here that Jesus is making. Jesus is telling the disciples that they know more than they're willing to admit. They're in the middle of this difficult time when they're being overwhelmed by the situation that's before them. And Jesus is telling them, fellas, really, you know. You know what you need to know. Well, what I'd like to do for a second I'd like us to consider why it was that Thomas underestimated what it was that he knew, that he underestimated his understanding. And I want to suggest to you something, that very often in our lives, when we face difficulties and problems and circumstances and challenges, we underestimate our own capacity, our own knowledge in knowing how to deal with them. We underestimate ourselves. We underestimate what God has already given us. We underestimate the properties of our intellect and our mind to deal and address these issues. And the question is, why do we underestimate what it is that we already understand? Well, I think we'll find it's the same reason that Thomas underestimates what he knows. Let's look at the first reason. I think that the reason that Thomas underestimated his understanding was because he did not understand everything. And because Thomas did not understand everything, he thought he understood nothing at all. You see that? Let's understand what the disciples didn't know. They didn't really understand or know this issue that Christ was going to go to a cross and that he was going to die for their sins. They hadn't comprehended that he was going to be the sacrifice to receive the punishment for all that they had done wrong. They didn't know 
that he was going to rise again, triumphing over their sins, that he was going to rise again from the dead. They didn't understand that Christ was setting up an arrangement where on the cross he was going to take all of their sins and all of their unrighteousness and as they placed their faith in him, he was in triumphing over those sins, demonstrating that he had the power to cast off the penalty of their sins, that he was going to give to them and grant to them through their faith all of his righteousness, all of his goodness. That's what God has done for us, you see. When you believe in Jesus Christ, what takes place is all of your guilt has been laid upon Christ and all of God's righteousness is laid upon you. That's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that God made him, speaking of Jesus, who knew no sin to become sin for us in order that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. They did not know that Christ was paving the way of righteousness through his sacrifice and through his life at this moment. They did not know that the moment was coming when they would be declared just before God because they would be clothed with all of the goodness they've seen in Jesus. What have they known of Jesus? They've seen that he's pure and good and right altogether. They've already seen that he's without sin. And they did not know that all that they've seen in Jesus was going to be laid to their account. They did not understand it. They did not know that Christ was going to depart into glory and there intercede for them. They did not understand and know that he was going to return and bring them back again unto themselves. They did not know that in a few short days they were going to be filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost where Christ was going to pour his life into their inmost being. They did not know these things. In a sense, they knew far less than we do. They were spiritual babes, you might say. They were babies in their spiritual knowledge. And Thomas, at this moment, feels absolutely like an intellectual infant. Lord, you're talking about things, and I just don't know these things. An honest admitting to the Lord Jesus and others of what we don't know often leaves room for us to learn new things. The secret to gaining understanding is to admit your ignorance, not as an excuse, but as a starting point for discovery. Thanks again for joining us today at The Bread of Life. Our desire is to bring our listeners to the Lord Jesus Christ, that before Him they might learn more about Him. To learn more about our work here and abroad, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time that we meet together before the bread of life, may God bless you.